Welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Annotators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of Comic Book Herald, and I'll be interviewing some of my favorite creators in comics about specific runs, graphic novels, or series, looking for their insights on the inspirations behind the work. Today, I'm excited to welcome Tom Scholey, cartoonist and graphic novelist behind Marvel's Fantastic Four Grand Design and the recent Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. Fantastic Four Grand Design follows in the tradition of the recent X-Men Grand Design, and it's focused on telling the history of this team in the Marvel Comics universe. Tom, thanks so much for joining. I, I wanted to ask first off, in Fantastic Four Grand Design, you you posit that the story of the Fantastic Four is the story of the Marvel Universe. When in the process did you decide to open with the broader history of Marvel, um, as opposed to kind of you know digging into the team dynamics first, and this intriguing blend of like these uh, these non Silver Age stories in some instances in the fabric of of the Four's beginnings? Like, how early was that for you? Yeah, I mean that that was um, you know part of like the pitch that mm -hmm. I made. So it it was pretty early. It was kind of um, you know I was trying to figure out like you know what's what's the story of the Fantastic Four? What's what's their through line? And um, there's so many characters who um, you know have have gone on to um, you know be their own stars. You know uh, like. Silver Surfer and Black Panther, who mm. you know begin as antagonists uh, for the Fantastic Four, you know, and, right. and so I felt like those characters were definitely fair game, you know, like before they became, uh, you know, their own, you know, franchises or whatever you'd want to call it, they were, uh, you know, part of the Fantastic Four family, you know, mm. and, um, and so once I, you know, made that realization, it's like okay, so so we have silver surfer we have galactus we have the inhumans you know so it's all like they're they're all part of that fantastic four family and and so yeah their origins go back you know really far in, in the case of silver surfer and galactus you know back um depending on you know how you'd want to interpret it uh, they they possibly go back to you know before our universe even existed right yeah yeah there's an interesting moment where there's a, a sequence of i think it's the watcher talking about you know this you know these these astronauts going up into space and and making a decision and i i definitely was thinking like oh he's talking about the fantastic four and then you realize like no this is the history of galactus and his that story of him like coming from the pre the pre-existing universe you know th on through the big bang and that's ultimately how he becomes galactus it's a really nice i think framing device for for how big and how integrated the fantastic four like is you know because they're like, obviously, if you read Marvel long enough or, or even not that long, you realize like, OK, they're the first family. Right. And obviously they're essential mm -hmm. to this universe beginning. Um, but then weaving it into like the cosmic fabric of of everything I thought was was really cool. How how much Marvel like reading and research did you have to go back and do um, in, in terms of like familiarizing yourself with not only the Fantastic Four, but just like, you know, these big broad cosmic stories that have been that have come out you know over the decades yeah i mean that that stuff like the galactus origin that's from from thor you know that, that was told in thor comics and right. then like eventually they kind of collected it and and augmented it in in like a galactus one shot but but yeah exactly like it's not um you know when when you're doing like a marvel story it's not just um confined to like that one title you know it's mm -hmm. like the marvel you know uh their their universe is sort of famously like spread out over multiple books so like right. yeah it was it was a range of things i mean i i'm 
of course, I made sure to to you know read you know as as much Fantastic Four as I possibly could. I, I you know read through the entirety of Fantastic Four Volume One, and then uh, yeah. you know partially skimmed uh, you know the 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 later um, volumes of Fantastic Four. You know, and and some of the you know a lot of this stuff I had read you know for pleasure. Um, sure, you know, right. At various points in in my life, so so some of it was rereading. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, you never know where a story point is going to pop up. So, um, I was, you know, largely relying on my memory of like, okay, what, yeah, there, there, I know there's like a thing about the inhumans. Okay. Where does that show up? And, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, it's, it, it's a big job. I, I think that's why like a lot of these sort of, um, you know, these, these jobs in like Marvel and DC tend to, um, like people who, who are, you know, genuinely fans tend to thrive and, and flourish as, yeah. as, you know, creators, because I don't, I don't know how else you're going to get um, acquainted with this stuff to the degree you need to, like, if you came into this cold, right. uh, you'd have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Cause you, you definitely see that. I think uh, one of the, the common ways throughout like comics history is sometimes they, they being like editorial will go out and be like, Hey, we, we're going to get, you know, an author or somebody outside mm-hmm. of the world of comics. You know what I mean? Um, and they might be a fan certainly in a lot yeah, of, a lot of times they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes you see it where it's like, Oh, maybe they aren't as familiar and they kind of just want to do their thing, telling a story. And that gets hard when you're, when you're messing with all this continuity and all these different like forces that are in superhero universes for sure. Um, certainly with grand design, like that is, that is the point, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it is getting across like the history and the weight of this team. Um, I'm curious at your following up uh, the X-Men Grand Design series by Ed Pisker and uh, the Silver Age of X-Men is often kind of overlooked or or dismissed, I think. And there's there's certainly a broad consensus that like readers would do well to just jump to like the Claremont era. Yeah, right? jump to, yeah, the, the Claremont Cockrum stuff. Yeah, jump, exactly. Jump straight to that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, which I, I don't think I totally disagree with. There's some really good Kirby ideas in there. Like, I love that. Uh, the first appearance of Juggernaut is like one of my favorite Silver Age issues. Um, but with Fantastic Four, like, it's the team at their best, right? Like, out of the gates, Fantastic Four number one. You know, you got Jack and Stan firing, like, on all cylinders, certainly as they progress. Um, it, given the status, did you feel like you had to change your approach compared to, well, I'm sure you wanted to do your thing anyway, but like, compared to what was in X Men, just given that there's a, there's a general broad, like, love of these stories compared to early X Men? Yeah, I mean, um, like, yeah, Grand Design X-Men um, is just, you know, like the X-Men are just such a different animal than the Fantastic Four. Like, it, yeah. it's, um, you know, you have to, like, a- approach them in a completely different way. And yeah, like, I, you know, have, like, my way of doing things. So it's like, you know, so so it's kind of those things together, the, the difference between X-Men and the Fantastic Four and the difference between, you know, Ed Pisker and me as creators is kind of, uh, you know, like what drove the decision-making processes for, uh, you know, Fantastic Four Grand Design. Um, yeah, like you said, um, Fantastic Four is so strong right out of the gate, um, where X-Men, I mean, I, I enjoy a lot of those, um, you know, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee early issues. There's a lot of cool stuff there, but even even for them, even, even for, for uh, Lee and Kirby, it was like, this was way down their list of priorities you know sure, this wasn't right. like even even then they weren't like oh yeah this is our top book you know, this is this is where we put all our resources 
it was kind yeah. of um, you know an, an afterthought uh, in a lot of ways. And but but yeah, Fantastic Four is just like top of the line, you know, from from issue one. Like Fantastic Four issue one is is like one of the great uh, issue ones of all time. Oh yeah, you know, it, yeah. You know, it's like such a wonderful story. And then you have like in the middle of their run is when it like just goes to a whole other level and becomes like, you know, the greatest comic ever. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and then just, just for me personally, like my personal interest in fantastic four really, um, you know, centers around those, you know, that, that era of it. Um, and then to a lesser degree, you know, other stuff. And I, I think just looking at how other uh, creators have like handled the X-Men. I think, I think, you know, a lot of people, view it that way that it kind of had these like glory years early on and then it's kind of um you know hit or miss after that you know there's sure. there's only some 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 cool moments but um you know it's it, it had its its golden age and so um you know when i approached it like i was sort of most faithful to that sort of sweet spot and then beyond that that's when I would sort of, you know, pick and choose and, and take, you know, the things that resonated with me and then, um, you know, weave it into, you know, uh, you know, how I, how I would like to see it play out. For sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it, were there, you said you read the first volume uh, as, as part of the research process. Were there post Kirby Lee eras that actually, that jumped out to you in ways maybe you weren't expecting? Um, yeah, I mean, the, um, uh, there is a lot of really crazy stuff in that 70s era mm -hmm. and a lot of um you know and 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 things that i didn't that like i i would have liked to have um played with but just you know it it it, it was such a big project you know i had to kind of um you know i, I had to cut a lot um sure but yeah there is because there's kind of like the era after kirby leaves and it seems like, you know, Stan is kind of, you know, had like the rug pulled out from under him and he's, he's trying to like figure out, you know, okay, you know, what, what is, you know, what is the Fantastic Four? What is a Fantastic Four without Jack Kirby? What is that? And so there's some struggling yeah. and stuff. And then there's, you know, like um, Roy Thomas comes in and, and, you know, there's like, you know, other writers that come in and, and, and they, they try interesting things. Um, but it really like, the, the the john byrne era is kind of like the you know what um i, I was gonna say john byrne is like the next like kind of like great era of fantastic four um but there there are like um there's some great george perez stuff and then there's mm. like um and and before that there's uh oh the creator's name escapes me it's um uh he, he's the um Marv Wolfman's on it for a bit. Yeah, Marv Wolf. Yeah, Marv Wolfman's great, and and, and Marv Wolfman does like some sort of like uh, uh, you know fourth world esque kind mm -hmm. of things that are pretty cool. I, but I'm, I'm the, the person I'm thinking of is an artist. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna kick myself for for not remembering his name. But he's the guy who who like uh, created Deathlock. Um, oh man, Rich Buckler. Anyway, uh, Rich Buckler, that's it. There we go. The Rich Buckler era, I thought was like really uh, pretty great too. Yeah. Um, you know, and Rich Buckler gets kind of like a, a bum rap for like being, uh, uh, you know, like a like a copier or, or um, you know, 
uh, swiping, you know, too much. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I, I think he, he was doing like some really cool stuff there. He, like reading through all of it, you know, in order, like one after the other, his stuff did stand out. It was like, Oh, okay, mm. this is really cool. I'm, I'm digging this. I'm into this. And then, yeah, the, the John Byrne stuff is, is like another high water mark. It's um, the, the thing is it, like the John Byrne stuff is very like of its time. So I can yeah. sort of see how, how like in the eighties when this stuff was coming out, it was like, Oh my God, this is, you know, this isn't your father's uh, fantastic four. This is like, you know, like a whole new era, like, like the, the polish on it was, was really amazing. Right. But um, I don't know, like it's, uh, you know, when, when you take a step back and look at like the big story that it tells, um, I, I don't know that there's like a whole lot there, but it, 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 you know, it definitely like, you know, made it, made its mark. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed like some of the more recent stuff too. Like, like the, the, um, uh, the, the arc, I think, uh, was it, uh, was Jonathan Hickman? Is, is, he had like the long run on it. Yeah. He had a run from late two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of like, you know, reinvented it from like top to bottom and, and made this like really, um, like intricate, you know, space opera kind of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's just like a lot of good stuff, like, you know, sprinkled throughout, uh, you know, the long run of it. There's just like, it's just like nothing, nothing's like toppled those like, you know, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee era books, the way that, you know, the way that like, uh, uh, Cockrum and, and, uh, and, you know, John Byrne and, and Claremont, toppled the x-men you know, right it's, it's just, right you know yeah it's kind of this impossible pedestal you know to to you can't yeah. you can't undo it but you can maybe do your own thing with it right in the in the ways that because i even the burn era was interesting to me i actually reread it somewhat recently for this reading club we do and it's like he very clearly wants to go call back to that era right like the, i think right. the first yeah. issue he does is literally called back to basics and it's like they fight mm -hmm. four elementals you know stuff like that where it's like you sort of you have to pay your respects you know you have to pay your homage mm -hmm. um which is which is cool it's interesting like that's a it's it's part of this legacy of this team and it's part of what grand design like that is the center of this right that's the meat of this book mm -hmm. is like let's go into this era um along those lines like so one of my favorite things about this work is you kind of present this like unified theory of kirby um where you have everything from devil dinosaur to the eternals yeah. incorporated right in the opening sequences mm -hmm. uh what i i guess i'm a little curious like was that now then reading the Jack Kirby biography after you did it, right? Which is a very, we'll talk about it in, in a little detail, but it's very much like give the man his due, right? Like, like he's uh -huh. the king. Here's why. Um, is that, was that a concentrated effort on your part to be like this whole tapestry is, is Kirby and let me show you how, right? Let me show you how he, he builds the mythology before the fantastic four even happen. And, and like by using his, you know, solo properties that he did later in Marvel? Was that like a, a pointed thing on your end? Yeah, I mean, this, like, I started working on Fantastic Four Grand Design in the middle of working on the Jack Kirby story. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I consciously entered it saying like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to show you like why Kirby's so important, you know, via, via Fantastic Four. But I mean, I was immersed in Kirby and immersed in that, in that universe. And, and so it just like, it was just like a natural thing. Like, like it couldn't, I, I couldn't have chosen a better 
project to kind of like work on, you know, while yeah. I was in the middle of that jacket, it was, you know, sure. kind of, you know, very fortuitous. Um, I, I think like also like a thing that plays into it is, um, you know, with the grand design, I'm trying to like, you know, take the story back as far as I can and, 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 you know, show just like how deep the origins are. So it's like, you have a lot of questions about like, okay, what are, you know, what, what is the prehistoric, uh, Marvel universe, like, you know, what it, you know, and, and it's like, Jack Kirby has the answers, you know, yeah, there's yeah. This devil dinosaur, there's the celestials, you know, he has a lot of answers for that kind of stuff. So it, right. and just that idea of showing like, um, you know, what the prehistoric Marvel universe is like, you know, was just kind of, you know, a very exciting prospect. Yeah. Was that, were you, so the, the kind of the structure of this is there's that opening where you get to do a little mashup, right? You get to do not a little, you get to do a grand cosmic mashup. And then the end of the book, you get to do like a little more picking and choosing as far as sure. like a future timeline. Right. And then you really look into the, the days of future past Franklin, right? You jump, mm -hmm. jump way ahead in some instances. Were those, were those pieces of it a little more exciting to you because you got to like do that, that puzzle making as opposed to, cause the middle chunk is definitely like, here's the silver age, right? Like that's kind of yeah. the, the goal of the grand design. Um, did you have a mm -hmm. preference kind of that one versus the other? That's, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think I might have a slight preference, but like each one of those uh, approaches like are so much fun for their own reasons. Like it was so much fun being able to kind of like hang out with Jack Kirby, you know, like yeah. kind of like, okay, now I'm doing, you know, um, the coming of Galactus, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm introducing the so this, the silver surf, I'm introducing Galactus, I'm introducing, uh, the black Panther. Like it was just so much fun just hanging out with that, those Jack Kirby comics and that, that, uh, you know, that those Jack Kirby drawings and, and like, just that, that was like a fan's dream come true for me, for me as a fan of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, I was having so much fun at those, but I, I think like the point where I was like, oh man, I am having the time of my life was when, um, like the first time I drew like uh black bolt, uh, you know, like, like, uh, you know, with all the Kirby crackle around him and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the best job in the world. I, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know, but then, but then, yeah, like when I got to the points, you know, where I was kind of doing my thing, I mean, that, that is so much fun to like, just kind of like play and, and, uh, do pure invention and, and, uh, and, and again, it was like, it was kind of like crossing some some things off my list as a fan of this stuff because that was um like reading fantastic four it had such a sense of urgency and it felt like okay this story's going somewhere and like you know wyatt wingfoot he's gonna have some kind of role to play and it's you know and, and that it was going to culminate into something and then you know as i got older and and sort of you know, un read more of these comics and understood more about how, you know, comic books work that like, okay, that's not going to happen. There's not going to be a, the end. We're not going to see, you know, there's not a grand design. We're not going to see how all this stuff comes together. And so yeah, that was really exciting to me to like, finally be like, okay, I'm going to tie it all up. I'm going to put it all mm -hmm. together. I'm going to make it all, it'll, you know, go somewhere like that. That was really exciting. Um, and you know, like, um, when I was doing the the parts of um, like early in the book, when I'm showing uh, like the backstories of, you know, Reed and Sue and, and Johnny and Ben, like there, there was a lot of um, 
invention there. There was a lot of like, like me filling in gaps and, and, and like those pages were really rewarding, but they were mm. really difficult. Like there was a yeah. lot of like emotion and like uh, trauma, you know, that they went through and stuff. And, and like those, those parts stood out to me as like, okay, this isn't exactly fun to make, but I'm really, you know, happy with uh, the result. Like I'm really happy mm. with what's coming out. Like that, that was, that was, you know, a real, uh, you know, difficult part of it. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like when the team comes together, you know, for the first time you could, I, you could, uh, you could feel like you needing to put those pieces together. Cause fantastic four, number one is fun and, and obviously important as it is. It's kind of just like, they're like, yeah, we need to steal a rocket and they go and take it. Like it's an unlocked bike, you know, <laughs> there's, yeah, not, right. there's not a lot of explanation behind it. Um, but you definitely add more weight to that. Um, I think you, you interject to that, that panel of, Sue calling Ben a coward, you know, it's like, obviously that is like, yeah. okay, she kind of guilts him into this and it, it works, you know, it's, it's, it's more emotional that way. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I, it, even with, um, even before like the Kirby graphic novel that we'll talk about here, uh, your, your love for like his work was, was imminently clear, right? Like on, on Godland with Joe Casey, um, you're working very much in a, a Kirby esque style, you know, and, and kind of playing off of his mythology and his ideas at what point in your, I guess fandom and and how that ties into your career did you did you really just like sort of realize you know like oh like i'm i'm a kirby acolyte like i love everything he's doing like was that super early for you yeah i mean it was um it was in college like i was like a, a freshman in college and i was really like um like really learning who kirby was like i had like sort of a passing familiarity with his work uh you know knew his name but wasn't quite it wasn't quite clear to me exactly what he did. And and then in like freshman year in college, it was like, it all hit me like, like the, um, the Jack Kirby collector, you know, came out around that time. And mm. there was like the art of Jack Kirby book by Ray Wyman. And so like, I was like, just hit in the face with like the power of Jack Kirby and his creations and who he was. So like, um, you know, pretty shortly after that, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I want to try this. I want to try to draw like Jack Kirby and I want to try to think like Jack Kirby. And it was almost like, I don't know if I knew like what I was getting myself into. It was, it was, you know, it, it could have just been like a one-off thing. It could have just been like, oh, let me try this. Let me, let me try to do like, you know, a page of Kirby or, or, or an issue of Kirby uh, of like a Kirby right. style but it just kind of like took hold. And then it was like, okay, yeah, this, this is, this is what I'm doing. And, and, and for, you know, a, a lot of years, like that was, you know, like it, you know, it was something I, I had had to sort of, uh, you know, work, work through, like it, it was, it was definitely part of, uh, part of my journey. Uh, yeah. And, and I feel like these works, the, the fantastic four and, and, uh, the Jack Kirby epic life of the King of comics. Those were, those, those are like the culmination of, of that, that Jack Kirby journey that I've been on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, getting the, getting to tell his story essentially. Um, before I ask some questions about that book, uh, kind of how did you, I guess, how did you get involved in, in creating it where you created um, and, and kind of like, you know, cause it's not in the traditional comics sphere, right? Um, it's kind of coming out on its own. I know you were releasing a bunch of it uh, on Instagram a while ago. Yeah. I was following, and and now it's out and it's available, and people should definitely check it out. It's it's a book I think is definitely gonna be like on some a lot of twenty twenty best of lists, including one of mine. Um, but like it's it's a great 
pretty fast paced read. Uh, how, how did you align on like getting to tell that story? Um, I'm being the, the guy to do it essentially. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it just, it feels like it just kind of like fell to me. Like it was, it's one of those things that like for years, I always wanted to like read a comic of the life of Kirby, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then I thought, Oh, maybe I could do it. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you know, Mark Evanier and Frank Miller, you know, like I, I kept thinking of like names of people who would be like better suited to tell that story. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like the years went on. And then um, it was like Jack Kirby's hundredth birthday. And it was like, okay, nobody's done it yet. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. if, if, like if somebody was going to do it, they, they'd like damn well make sure it was going to, you know, come out, you know, for his hundredth birthday or whatever. It's like, I think maybe it does come down to me. Maybe it is like time for me to do it. And, and so it was like, you know, right around then that, that I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, you know, like I'm going to, and I, and like you said, I, I just started, you know, doing, you know, a page a day, uh, you know, posting it on, on Instagram and, and it just kind of, it kind of built from there and, and, hmm. uh, and yeah, it like became what it is. Did you have a deal to get it published before you started doing that? Or were you just kind of like, I'm no. just going to make this and then yeah, I was, I'll, I'll get yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I was just making it. And um, I mean, of course I had it in my head that like, sure, like, you know, this is going to be published in some form at some point, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any kind of deal or anything. I just was doing it for me and, and, and really like, I wasn't putting any kind of, like, I wasn't putting any kind of limitations on myself either. I was just like, let me just do this. Let, let me just like see what this is. Um, and, and just, you know, take it like, you know, one step at a time and, and, and see where it's going to go. Um, but for, for a little while I was kind of thinking like, Oh, maybe, um, this could come out as like a comic book. Like it could come out, you know, monthly or whatever in like 20 some, you know, page increments and like, sure. you know, like, like commandy or something, you know, you're like just following the story of Jack Kirby and, and, maybe you know have it go on for years maybe have it go on for 10 years or whatever you know and, and be like a thousand pages or something you know and, um you know but it just kind of you know started taking the the shape that it took and and um you know became like you know like like the the, the sort of you know contained graphic novel that it is but i i i i didn't have like a clear idea about what the end format would be but i i knew there would be a print version of it yeah. Did you have a lot of stories that you ultimately decided to cut? You know, if you're, if you're thinking of those, like really that long-term publication model, you know, just as, is even just theoretically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I tried to tell like as complete, uh, you know, tell story, Jack Kirby's story as complete as possible. Um, yeah. I, I just, um, like I'm such a fan of his stuff. I could sort of go on and on about all the minutia, all the little, you know, projects that he worked on and, and, and like get really, you know, like nerdy about it. Um, but I was just kind of, you know, trying to, you know, stick to, you know, the important stuff or, or what I saw as the important stuff. So yeah, there, sure. I mean, um, you know, I could, I could, I could do another, you know, Jack Kirby book. I could start another Jack Kirby book tomorrow with like totally different, uh, you know, stories or, or a totally different focus. You know, he's, he's just that, um, you know, that, that huge, uh, uh, a force in, yeah. in, you know, popular culture. Yeah, no, for sure. And like it, the way the story's told too is, you know, it's, it's, you feel like you're 
kind of living Jack Kirby's life along with him. You know, you tell it from the first person and, <laughs> and some of it's quotes, but obviously some of it is like you interpreting based on things Kirby has has said, um, you know, prior to his to his unfortunate passing. Um, it, it, it definitely feels like you get, you know, his life. And I the one thing I found really interesting was it's there's kind of two halves, you know, and the first half is like the one that I was completely fascinated with because it's less familiar to me. And that was, you know, his history in the golden age of comics, essentially. So like growing up and just like, just like his childhood being a part of these like boyhood gangs and those like they're, they're funny and sweet and and historically just really interesting. Like that stuff's awesome. Um, but then once he gets going in comics, it's like, it's so easy to forget. He had 20 years of like shaping and shepherding the medium before he, he gets, you know, fantastic four number one out the door, right? Like it, it's kind of incredible how much he had done. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting and very bittersweet how fondly he seems to look back on that time and like the partnership with mm-hmm. Joe Simon, given obviously everything we know that is to come with with Stan Lee and and kind of just like basically everyone else he deals with yeah. from from that point forward. Um, I it was interesting to me. I know so a lot of this feels like it's based on uh, a pretty famous interview he did in later years with um, the comic journal's Gary yeah. uh, Groth, right? Where it's definitely mm-hmm. the most, um, it's the most he condemns everyone, especially Stanley. And as a big Marvel fan, it's kind of hard to stomach that version of the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's this truth no one wants to accept. Um, like Stan is the total charlatan. And I guess, was that something you were, I, I guess, I don't know. It's like, it's a thing people pick sides on, but then it's like, well, certainly there is some objective truth in this. I guess we're coming into the project. How did you feel about the Stan Jack credit debate? And then kind of where do you feel after you published it? Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've been sort of all over, like in terms of like emotions regarding it, I've been, yeah. you know, just, and through my journey of like learning about Kirby, I've, I've been in every, you know, you know, kind of felt every like imaginable thing you could feel about it. Um, I, uh, you know, like I, I believe that, you know, Jack was the primary, you know, creative force behind those things. Um, again, like we don't, we don't know for sure. Uh, it's two men who, who are no longer with us, who give very different, uh, accounts of things and who, you know, have, um, you know, various reasons why they might, um, you know, not be a hundred percent accurate, you know, like they, they, sure. they have, mem- you know, the limits of, of human memory. And then also like, you know, these are things that were sort of, you know, being, uh, you know, litigated to various degree, you know, these, so, so, you know, you just, you just can't take any of it at face value, but I, you know, I just, um, I'd look at, you know, Jack's body of work before he started working with Stan. And I look at his body of work afterwards and I look at Stan's body of work before and after. And, and that kind of tells a story. You, you yeah. kind of see, um, you know, what you really do see what each one brought to the table. And there was a definite um, chemistry that they had uh, creative chemistry and a different, definite magic that, um, you know, came about, you know, with the two of them together. But, but yeah, like, um, you know, I just, you know, I just kind of, I, I can like more clearly see Kirby's, uh, hand in it. And, and, um, like, I definitely don't, 
like I don't, uh, you know, vilify Stan. I think a, a lot of times, like, um, you know, people think like, oh, well, you know, Stanley, you know, got all the credit and all the money. And it's like, well, you know, uh, Martin Goodman got all the money, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, Stan's, um, you know, that the, the sort of like financial windfall that Stan got was, um, you know, later in life, yeah. um, you know, and, 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 you know, there's various like, you know, you know, reasons behind it and stuff, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 I, again, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's a really complicated thing. And I, I tried to, um, you know, be, you know, as fair as possible to, to both men and, and, and but, you know, and also like be, you know, this is like my honest assessment of it. This, this, this yeah. is what I see when, when I, you know, look at, uh, look at the evidence. Right. No, for sure. No. And I, I think it's fair and it's nuanced because you're, you're totally right. It is, it remains a complicated thing. Um, there was actually that we're recording this, um, during, uh, San Diego's new Comic-Con at home. And there was a panel this yeah. afternoon that I checked out that was decoding Stan Lee versus Jack Kirby. Like that was the topic. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you get similar sorts of answers. Um, one thing that stood out to me was just like, so often in the way it's presented to comics fans is Jack Kirby's like a supporting character in the story of Stan Lee. And I oh, think yeah. that is, that is the flip that this book does where it's mm -hmm. like, no, he's this like kind of recurring, uh, you know, not enemy, but like, you know, nuisance, you know, cause he goes from that kid who's bothering <laughs> him, you know, to the, to the, you know, the guy he's working with. And then he becomes Stan, the man, like your, your depiction of him artistically going from this kind of, you know, kind of like friendly, you know, balding, like Stan Lee, who, like he looks nothing like the stand that we think of now. And then he evolves into, you know, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, and, and that's clear what that means for his character, right? Like that he would yeah. then take on that persona. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know if there's a perfect answer. I think it's, it's very valuable to see your depiction of Kirby's answer. Right. And, and as that kind yeah. of evolved over time too, because he gives different answers at different times in his life. Right. Yeah. Th that, that, um, Gary Groth, uh, uh, comics journal interview that you talked about, like, it was like a like a really like a low point in their relationship you know yeah. like like it was um you know it was so so yeah it was like he he didn't have like one you know nice word to say about stan in that in that interview but like in in my book like there you know they they had their moments like they had their their sort of golden era together you know in, yeah. in, in 60s and you know, they did have a lot of like really, you know, good feelings towards each other, you know, and, 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 and I try to reflect that there too. Like there, there was mm -hmm. sort of a honeymoon, like, like it, it's, it is almost like, uh, you know, like a romantic comedy or something. Cause like they meet and like, he couldn't be more annoyed by Stan when he first meets him as this like, you know, teenage prankster, yeah. uh, in the office. And then, and then, you know, they meet again later and they have this, like, you know, they, they both, you know, sort of find each other at, at moments where they both need each other the most and, and right. they have this, uh, they create this like amazing thing together. Uh, and then, and then things start to go sour, you know, after that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. No, it works quite well. I did love, there's a scene you depict where, uh, Stan and Jack are having a post Marvel moment 
And Stan's like, hey, maybe we should work together sometime. And Jack, you can tell Kirby, like, he's like, he's thinking about it. And then Roz mm-hmm. steps in. She's like, no way in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> Which that's I, a I love their dynamic. Story. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty famous story. And there's, you know, there's like a photo of, you know, Stan and Jack together, like at that, you know, yeah. at that, that exact, uh, uh, get together. Okay, and... you frozen. Oh, hey, can you hear me? Uh, you you froze for a little bit, so I I, I missed okay. it. Uh, no, I was just saying these both both these books definitely highly recommended on my end. I do want to ask you before I let you go, uh, what is your favorite Kirby book of all time? Uh, not maybe not including Fantastic Four, but maybe you have a different answer. Yeah, I mean it is for me. Um, it's New Gods, particularly yeah. New Gods number seven. Mm. Uh, the to me that's like yeah. that's like the old Kirby comic. And uh, it's like all like everything you could ever want from a Jack Kirby comic is in there. And um, it and it just it just really speaks to me directly. Like even even if it were just some like weirdo comic that like Kirby never did any other comic like that ever again. Like if it was just like a singular like like blip on his wrist, I'd still like it would still be my favorite because it just like it, like it, it just you know blows me away every time I read it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it really is like emblematic of it's got like every every Kirby thing. It's got you know Kirby dots galore. It's got you know cosmic you know godlike beings uh, oh, yeah. engaged like you know death deathly combat. It's got uh, you know emotion and pathos and and soul searching and, and mysticism. It's like like that's that's it for me right there. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's an awesome comic. It's a great pick. Uh, what else do you have coming up? Uh, any work or, you know, projects that you're uh, excited about at the moment? I mean, it's it's really like a blank slate right now. Like I'm, I'm in that phase of like figuring out what my next move is. So I'm kind yeah. of just tinkering, just like playing with ideas, seeing if anything like grows into anything else and, and just, you know, just kind of like messing around. Uh, which is usually how it goes. Like I just sort of tinker with something and then, and then it, you know, takes on its own momentum. So, um, and, and, and all that stuff I've been like posting, you know, on like Instagram and, and right. like Twitter, you know, just kind of like, okay, here's, here's something I've been messing around with today. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll keep our eyes open over there and, uh, and see what's coming next. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about all this and I do recommend everybody check out fantastic Four grand design. And Jack Kirby, uh, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. So thanks so much, Tom. Oh, you're welcome. It's good talking to you.